0: Yeah, someone kicks Lesnar in the nuts, and that leads to. I think, to I think it's it might have been Ricochet. ricochet. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, you know, winning the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, <sighs> kicking Lesnar in the nuts. It's honestly, it's subjective. I mean, it's subjective, Lesnar. Really. One Lesnar could has be better. to
0: like you in order to let him kick him in the nuts as well.
1: That's you know, he
0: he, he he ain't gonna let That's just true. any any jobber hoof him in the nuts. Welcome to the Bear
1: Hill Club, a pro wrestling podcast of positivity. Hello and welcome to Wednesday Night. Poor, we're back again on a Wednesday night. Poor, it's me, Garrett. I've been off for a week and I'm joined by my boo this time, Greg.
0: Hey, boo, how's it been?
1: It's been, you know, you know, yeah, you know, you know, you know? things are on fire. Um, the world is tumbling down, but. <laughs> Wrestling is kind of on the up and up, so yeah, I mean it swings, it swings and roundabouts. It's um, it's uh, Cesaro swings and does anyone have a roundabout finisher?
0: Ah, uh, pass. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's been a, an interesting week. Almost more interesting backstage in, in all the companies than it has been front and center uh we're in the midst of a wednesday night monday night war because it's kind of the only thing people bit really comparing it to is monday and wednesday but yeah. you know we just <clears throat> like to forget about that for a second and just show you just just the good old just the good old dude throwing a dude just the yeah. dude yeeting a dude so greg if you would uh would you hit play on yeet of the week please
0: Sure will do. Uh, just to set it up, uh, very much a recent classic of the week that occurred during the pandemic, and I think it was the only time you could really achieve that, so yeah, take a look. The referee is administering the count, and Johnny Gargano breaking the count, wisely so. But it's also going to give Keith Lee you you an opportunity you can't, you can't. to can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. take some deep can't, can't, breaths in those iron lungs of his. What are you doing? Johnny, I said another one. Arcana's got to go to plan not. B here. Come on. Johnny, it's not. I said for minutes. Let's go. A plexiglass. What a body check, off Face meet boards. Boards meet face. Johnny Gargano went down like a sack of hammers. Watch this one more time. This is incredible. Keith Lee, boom, sending Gargano
1: into the plexiglass. Very timely that we set that up here. It's T, and there goes Johnny. Um, I I have seen Keith Lee live, uh, as I think you have as well.
0: Yes, we we saw him together when he teamed with Riddle against Mustache Mountain. You're right,
1: you're right. That was a great match. I'm pretty sure I remember a pounce in that match as well. Am I going crazy?
0: Oh, my God, it's... I, it, that feels so long ago, but I think it was literally, what, like two years ago? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was before pandemic I, I'm time.
1: pretty sure he, like, pounced Tyler Bate, like mad or something. Uh, and it is just... It's just such a, a horrible lovely beautiful move like a like a running back just hitting a linebacker just getting absolutely like planned and it's just how Keith Lee because he's so imposing right yeah which I guess is really going to help him now that he's a heel on on WWE um the the newly named Bearcat which I believe is a throwback to yeah. uh to an old wrestler I don't I'm not too familiar with um With Bearcat myself, but yeah,
0: I saw a lot of people on Twitter posting about it, and a lot of people were very happy with it. Like at first, when I first saw it, I had no idea there was a connection, so I was like, "Well, what's the point?" But because it's got that throwback to it, I've warmed up to it a little bit.
1: I personally didn't mind it uh, as long because my right when someone said I I saw the headlines like he's named Bearcat, and I was like, "But he's Keith Bearcat Lee," and that's fine with me. I'm okay with a little little like you know just just a little like i can imagine it being read out in the ufc in the octagon right like uh i'm trying to think of uh the diamond dustin poirier type thing you know Yeah, Uh, yeah i know what you mean connor notorious mcgregor that kind of shit so i'm i'm completely fine with it and with the um the homage as well uh, I don't know if have they explicitly stated that it is or have people just sort of gone like, there is a wrestler that's called Bearcat.
0: Yeah, I don't think... Uh, I mean, I've yeah, I've not really watched a full episode of Raw in a long time, but from my understanding, I don't think WWE have actually said the connection. I think it's just something people have worked out on social media.
1: Fair enough. I mean, I'm fine with it regardless yeah. if it is or not. So that's cool with me. Uh, but when we're talking about his presence... The bear cat when he's able to do these moves and just just stand there like like and just stare down. It's so good. It's just such like oh it's great. Depending on the heel that they're going with as well. He has such a good kind of like smug face, right? Like mm. he's got that kind of like cheeky Keith Lee smile, that cheeky little uh bear cat smile. Which I think I don't I don't know if that's what they're going with. I think they're just going with a monster. Yeah. Again, fine, sure, whatever. Um, would love to see a baby face in the WWE. though. No? I can't remember a good one recently. I mean,
0: uh, Riddle—that's a yeah. It. I mean, if it means Keith Lee's finally getting the right kind of push, then great. And then hopefully later down the line, when he, when he does turn babyface later down the line, then then they've done the job right. You know, just taking the Roman Reigns path. Give him, give him heel, build him up as a monster. I mean, they've been lacking the big monsters since they got rid of Braun. So I'm guessing he'll fill that, fill that gap a little bit. And then, I mean, when he, I mean, what what they could do with him as heel is just have him be your typical monster, not needing to do much, just completely destroying people. And then when he goes babyface, that's when you can maybe let Keith Lee be more of himself, let him do the the bow rolls and the moonsaults off the top rope. You know, make that fit more with a bit of a distinction.
1: Uh yeah i i just find it very difficult these days to have much hope both in in my normal day-to-day life and especially in wwe um one thing I i would eventually like to talk to you about is like um the presentation of the the different uh shows that they have um and and even the promotion or like the way it's treated like Dark in AEW counts towards things and things that happen on dark progress to, you know, the main shows. When I saw that um, Ricochet was facing uh, Cross on main event. Yeah. It did not fill me with any kind of hope for either of them. Um, nope. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's quite painful to see. It's
0: quite painful to see. I mean, yeah, yeah, more names that could have made our lists last week about going to all elite for sure. I think Ricochet made Scott's massive honourable mention list, but
1: well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, whenever I think of Ricochet, I then think of his his equal, right? Osprey, his equal. They've had matches like they I'm pretty sure they're like win losses. They're on par. Yeah, Um and they they're. In a lot of the matches that they've had, the story of the match is, wow, you are me. It's the 2 <laughs> Spidermen pointing at each other. Um, and then you look at one who went to, you know, who stayed New Japan and, and doing all this kind of stuff, joined Chaos, started his own faction that is now growing even larger now that he's gone to um, New Japan Strong. He's just added Aussie Open. He's just added TJP, I guess uh and then you know his other stable mates great okan jeff cobb jeff cobb like come on and yeah. then he's the iwgp heavyweight champion he's beating okada he's doing all this and then ricochets on main event
0: yeah i mean talk about like two people who were on converging paths and then one went that way and one went the other
1: but it was it started quite well you know he oh. had some absolute bangers in nxt I mean...
0: If you think about when he debuted in NXT, it was that amazing six-person ladder match. And I believe one of his first mm. moves was just a ridiculous flip off the top of the ladder just to show, like, yeah, this yeah. is Ricochet. This is what he does. And then, yeah, NXT, completely fine. And even when he first got the main roster, I mean, him and Alistair Black were just like a front together tag team, but they had some good matches. And then for whatever reason, I mean, he, he, he can at least say he had a world title match against Brock Lesnar, got completely destroyed in like under a minute but he was in a main event match but then from then it's just been sure sure just dive
1: yeah i remember him having a good spot in the rumble with drew i think doesn't isn't he the one that eliminated uh he helped drew eliminate lesnar right
0: yeah someone kicks lesnar in the nuts and that leads think, to play I more i think it's it might have been Ricochet, Ricochet. yeah yeah.
1: I mean, you know, winning the IWGP heavyweight championship, <sighs> kicking Lesnar in the nuts. It's honestly it's subjective I mean,
0: it's subjective Lesnar, really. one Lesnar could be has better to like you in order to let him kick him in the nuts as well.
1: That's you know, he,
0: he, he, he ain't gonna let That's just true. any any jobber hoof him in the nuts, you know? <laughs> well, anyway,
1: let's move on to uh what I hoped would be better pastures still is uh and we're gonna get we're gonna go and talk about something that i never shut up about now greg tell me tell me just tell me something that i like that i always go on about does anything you you know what's my main thing that i was going about is it new uh, well yeah new japan yeah i mean i guess they they do a couple of things here and there i like new japan a lot i mean here's my uh, shingo takagi shirt uh current IWGP heavyweight champion. Um, Another thing I go on about is tournaments. I fucking love tournaments, all right? I think tournaments are such a good way of telling multiple stories, setting up storylines, and then just having an amazing payoff. It's what you did with your toys as a kid. You'd have a Sting figure and an Undertaker figure, and you're like, well, these guys are going to fight. And then you'd put all of them together, and like you'd find out who the best one was, right? You'd yeah. do it in the games. You'd do it in everything. It's why the World Cup is the World Cup. It's yeah. why the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl, and it's why the G1 Climax is the Grand Prix of wrestling. It is the the creme de la creme. Although this year, it's uh, a little bit lacking here and there. However, over the years, it is probably one of the most prolific uh, and storied tournaments in all of wrestling. Yeah. You could have potentially put something on there like King of the Ring. But then it very quickly just became, I am the king, and you are not the king gimmick for pretty much everyone. And for some people, it worked. For some people, it does work. But yeah. I think after a while, that that drowns a bit, you know?
0: Well, I mean, before we get into this tournament, uh, some of the, the biggest news that came out of last week, which I guess ties at this quite, quite well. is well. definitely a- something I was going to bring up as well. Yeah. AEW is uh, basically going to be throwing their hat into creating their own tournament, and they're doing so with the Owen Hart Cup. I mean, this was like monumental news. I mean, other than the odd bit of merch, his family had more or less stepped back from wrestling. I think they obviously still they still made merch and they still let him let his license go off a few things. But the fact that they're getting into bed with another wrestling company was massive news. And I think yeah, I mean, what better way to honor him than by giving him a, a tournament named after him? And I've got the full faith that it could be become a big staple within AEW's calendar.
1: I think so. I think you could do that. You could do that yearly. It depends how much of a grandiose thing they they build that into. Um, I mean, have
0: they said what you, like, is it going to lead to a title shot? Is that what the probably?
1: I don't think they've said anything more than that press release that just said they're doing the Owen Hart Cup. We have no idea whether it's going to become a round Robin thing, or <laughs> whether it's going to be, you know, like a, just a straight tournament one-on-one to the end. Um, I'm always a big fan of the round robin type thing because it leads yeah. to this big, long, crazy thing. But however, when you've only got, what, three hours a week? You've only got three hours a week, I suppose, to do this. Yeah. A lot of other things and stories can get kind of drowned out. Um,
0: you know, Um I mean, the good thing with like tournaments... You mean, well, actually, I suppose you wouldn't... But yeah, come on, you go. Well, I mean, the good thing with tournaments is you can inject current storylines into them depending on what needs to get and i mean you could easily see this tournament being an excuse to carry on you could just either easily have like obviously the big uh, elite storyline injected into it because especially you've got the likes of how christian cage and Jurassic express are constantly fighting the elite now you could also have the whole thing with like you know the hardy family against best friends for example as well so you you, you you carry on storylines just to fit around the narrative of the cup. And then what better way to have these guys fight again if it's a chance to either earn points in the tournament or just earn the next place in the tournament?
1: I completely agree. It's, uh, you know, what I was saying earlier, it's it's one of the best tools you have to create stories going forward, further stories, finish stories, um, and just make magic. All you, All you have to do um, one of the they changed up this year in the G one, possibly maybe it's a COVID thing, just you know lack of lack of people. But usually in the G one, what you would do is um, the B block would have tag team matches on the undercard, and then the A block would have their singles matches because they do it in block A and block B. And yeah. It's a round robin for each block, and then block A and block B winner they fight at the end. Now this way you get to hype up the story in a tag match give them a bit of a rest because it's a tag match, I suppose. And then you get to have the main match and you get to tell a story as it goes. You even get to, you know, tell stories of people they're tagging with. Maybe it's, uh, John Moxley tagging with a young lion, Shota Umino and giving him this platform and, and creating a bond. And now Shota's going off and doing some really cool things. And, you know, New Japan strong and all this kind of stuff.
0: Is that Red Shoes? Um,
1: That is Red Shoes' son. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but potentially the Owen Hart Cup could become the G1 of of uh, of western wrestling
0: yeah i mean can you can you think of a tournament that that like america or even the uk that's like as big as the g1 i mean king of the ring wrestling probably one. at one point in time yeah like king of the ring of but the they ring, rarely uh... bring that out now it's just well, every king, so often.
1: king of the ring has led to some honestly the biggest things that have come from king of the ring are austin 316
0: right yeah um, well king of and... the ring legit did used to be something like the rumble it was a launchpad when you look at the early winners sure. they all went not a big stuff it was just after about the mid 2000s it, it just became you won it you won it you won mean, and then oh yeah you are now the royal gimmick yeah,
1: I hate that. Yeah. I, I despise that. I can I don't understand. So, for example, one of the the people in WWE pushing for it right now is I'm sure it's all the wrestlers are pushing for a tournament, but yeah. Um, oh, the, what the last one was Corbin who won, right? And he yes. ended up having a really good series, and this could have been the moment that you you rocket strapped him. He had a great series with Chad Gable during that, mm. and. It, I honestly think it was probably Corbin's best matches as well. And they worked really well with each other. It was amazing. And then he just became King Corbin. And he just walked around with a cane. And now he's happy Corbin. We talked about what you could have done with his story. And, and just fucking whatever, man. Yeah. Who gives a <laughs> shit? Whatever. I think, I think he's great. And I think that, that was the point where you should have rocket strapped Chad Gable. Um, but yeah, it's it has the potential One pe- one person uh, really pushing for it right now Is um, Austin Creed uh, Xavier Woods
0: Yes, because he's very right? really Into wanting to do that Yeah, yeah, 100% well, And that's, haven't they that's confirmed... the problem
1: though Is is like as we were Sorry, saying haven't they,
0: conf- haven't they confirmed They're doing Queen of the Ring though this year Isn't that supposed think... to be coming back? I don't
1: think it's this year If it is this year They're doing a really shit job of letting people know But um, yeah, (laughs) I think they I think they trademarked it maybe earlier this year or last year Um, and we'll go for it. Sure. Uh, Again, I don't have much faith in that. There's how many women on SmackDown? Six. Right. Well, I suppose
0: with a a tournament like this, you could mix the brands if you wanted to.
1: You will have to because you've got like five women on one brand. You're gonna have to mix the brands. Yeah. You're gonna have to bring in NXT as well. Uh, otherwise, it's like it's like a tournament with four people. You know, where you just have like match match. That's another <laughs> thing as well. Is I like I think I like a lot of matches in my tournaments. Why either like a round robin, or I like a huge bracket. Um, one of the one of the greatest ones recently, very underrated, was WCPW's World Cup.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say this, I guess that's not recent now. That's, what, four or five years ago? Yeah, they've, they've not done it for a while. But yeah, I remember that, like, got a lot of buzz around it. Well, I think because a lot of WCPW, that generally had such good buzz and fire about it, but it kind of burned bright and fast, really, didn't it?
1: Sure, yeah. I, I mean, I understand why that company went under with, with something <laughs> like the World Cup, where it's just like, fuck. Uh, well, Rey Mysterio, um, uh, 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 Al... I can't even remember who else was in it. Uh, Ricochet was in it. Uh, Osprey, I think. Did Angle take part in that one? Was that Angle?
0: He was Angle... in WCPW. Yeah, he did some matches for them. I don't know if it would have been that, though.
1: His last match, I think, before he went back to WWE, was in WCPW against Cody Rhodes.
0: Yeah, that was like a big thing they set up. Yeah, yeah I remember that. I mean, if you want to talk about big tournaments that are based in the uk the one that comes to mind obviously for us would obviously be super strong style 16 sure Sure. which i was absolutely heartbroken i got tickets for when they were going to be doing the last one and then that's when covid hit because it looks like such a fun time like they basically run theirs across three days so it's like going almost to a festival but it's wrestling and you get to sleep in a nice bed because you have to leave um and that is like i guess a good example of a tournament that had a lot of traction recently who knows if they're going to bring it back? Like they're definitely not doing it this year, but I hope they do so because they would all they were one as well. Not only did they, they use their own homegrown talent, but they pulled strings with their WWE connection to get people. So in the last tournament, they had Kyle O'Reilly and yeah. Trev Trevor Lee, who would then obviously become on to become Cameron Grimes. Uh, oh and Darby, yeah. Darby Allen right before he went AW and went whew, all the way to the moon. Absolutely skyrocketing, yeah. Uh, and then they've also got their natural progression series right? Yes. Yeah, they do. Um, that, that, which is a really good tournament, because like, like to get, It's a bit like what NXT does now with their... Is it just called the Breakout Tournament? Yes. They just basically any new names that they can wrangle, and then that's how they can launch part of a brand new name to the brand. So, again, yeah. just like NXT does. Well, we'll,
1: well, there are a few others that come to mind uh, that should come back and should be done again. I think Queen of the Ring is probably a very strong one that they need to just jump on. Uh, the Cruiserweight Classic when... Since yes. for a weekend decided that he wanted cruiserweights back and then ever since it's just kind of uh, been neglected a tad that yeah you know you had people like Kota Ibushi come in uh that's when you really saw the rise of like what the the classic could be I think TJP
0: won you had Zack Saber Jr as well right yes that his... we'll get it yes. we'll be getting yeah. to him um <laughs> But yeah, I yeah.
1: think the gold standard right now, even though this year is a, is slightly lacking, is the G1 Climax. Now, the G1 Climax has been around for quite a long time. Um, while it wasn't technically always called the G1 Climax, it's gone through a lot of changes. It was originally called oh, the yeah. World League. This was back in 1970s. 1970. I have my list here. I don't know what I'm trying to guess. 1974. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, if you don't know much about uh, Japanese wrestling a while ago it was basically the enoki show yeah uh antonio Inoki, probably the most famous japanese wrestler of all time well
0: you either had it was you were either Inoki or giant baba because sure. obviously they, they were the students of was it ricky Chosh- Chosh- choshu uh yes Christ. Yes, the big like yes, one of the biggest early though. yeah one of the biggest yeah. early Japanese stars. He trained these two. They basically split off from obviously Inoki did New Japan, Baba did All Japan, and then throughout the seventies and eighties, they were basically the big names. Yeah,
1: well, the World League saw uh, Inoki win uh, how many World Leagues did he win? He won two of those. He won the first two, uh, and then Sakaguchi won the next two. It then changed to the MSG League. Which Anoki won four times in a row, <laughs> um, and then we had the first ever Westerner. Well, yeah, Westerner win. Andre the Giant. Yep. Uh, then it changed to the International Wrestling Grand Prix, and then we had another Westerner win. Would you like to guess which Westerner that was?
0: Was it one Terry Bollea? It was. Uh,
1: it was a Hulk Hogan'y boy. Yes, uh, and then Antonio Inoki won again. Uh, then Andre the Giant won again. Lovely. And then uh, Antonio Inoki won two years in a row. And then uh, Ricky Choshu won the World Cup Tournament. It was named for uh, in 1989. And then it took a couple of years off and came back as the G1 Climax in
0: 1991. It wasn't Ricky Chosu. off, It was Ricky Dozan who trained Inoki and Baba. Sorry. I've just, just remembered. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Timeline wise. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, um... So, like, question about all that. Um, yeah. Do they count, given it was under a different tournament, are, are those names counted as G1 winners? Like, when, when it was rebranded, did they just count all those tournaments as one thing? Because obviously when um, I was putting together the tail of the tape, it was hard, you yeah. know, like, oh, did these wins count as G1 or did they completely count them as, like, their own tournaments, respectively? Um, In their
1: sort of Western video packages they don't really talk too much about anything before it was named the g1 yeah i think they think of the g1 as its kind of own thing uh but i suppose if you're just thinking about you know japan cups then you'd you'd count it but you probably wouldn't you probably wouldn't put inoki as any kind of g1 winner no (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> no. I, I'm, I'm very surprised he had the restraint to not give himself a G1 win because he was still somewhat active when it got rebranded.
1: Um, when did he go into oh. politics? At what point did he... Is he just like, nah, I'm just gonna... <laughs> I'm just gonna rule Japan instead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The dog there. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it became the G1 Climax. And then we had Masahiro. This is the time of um, Fujinami, Chono, Muto... Uh, people like that, Chono won twice in a row, Fujinami, on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And And then we get down to sort of uh, the era we're in now, Okada winning in 2012, Naito, Okada, Tanahashi, and then the first Westerner to win a G1, Kenny Omega, Uh, Naito, Tanahashi, and then we've had two years in a row, of Ibushi, and now it's now. And uh, I have to say, as a big New Japan fan, as someone who has ended up liking the G1 more than I used to like the Rumble or, yeah. or something like that as a kid, like because that's that's the only thing I can compare to a G1 in WWE. It's just like it's it's like the G1 in forty minutes, where it's just like <laughs> okay, this person, this person, this person, this person, winner, cool, done. Uh, as someone who really likes it, this year is somewhat a bit of a disappointment i would say um you've got the only person who may have a a claim to the iwgp title over in america right now osprey the forbidden door is open and yet there's not really anyone on there so in a block uh, i'll just i'll rattle through we have uh great okan zach Saber jr toriano kenta Shingo Takagi, the current champion, uh, Yujiro Takahashi, Kota Ibushi, Tango Loa, Tomohiro Ishii, Tetsuya Naito. In B-Block, we have Jeff Cobb, Kazuchika Okada, Evil, Taichi, Sanada, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tama Tonga, Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, and Chase Owens. Which, you know, there are some big names there, but it doesn't really... For think... me, it's a bit... Bit like yeah i
0: think i think i think the issue is because we've been talking about it a lot on the pod and given you know like it's in the forbidden doors open it's it's like the names there are are big names it's just i think we were expecting a bit more surprises to it like obviously given the fact like moxley was in the g1 was about two years ago before they had the lockdown sure yeah, so obviously we it, it seemed natural with the forbidden door maybe they could at least get one or two AW names at a stretch. I think also the surprising thing is that they've left Osprey out because I mean, if you talk about a, a person who could have been at odds on favorite to win it, this could have been the year especially as he had to like drop out due to injury. You know, it, it would have just felt like a natural thing for him to come back and possibly like just win the G1 and then go back towards pursuing the belt. Even though they're doing this thing that way he's claiming to be the champion even though we've got shingo is the champion as well
1: in story in in what he's going with the reason he didn't enter the g1 is because he says he is the champ uh, uh i mean shingo is also in the g1 though so i mean uh or whatever but okay. if you want <laughs> if you want a brit to win the g1 i have some good news because i think i do think that this is zack saber jr's uh time okay i think it's Definitely the time that you pull the trigger, especially when you've got fucking, you know, (laughs) the Daniel Bryan Award winner uh, can now potentially face Daniel Bryan. You know, for those that don't know, the Daniel Bryan Award is like the technical wrestler award named after Daniel Bryan when he was no longer able to wrestle or told he wasn't able to wrestle and Zack Sabre Jr. has won that like every year because Daniel Bryan used to win it every year. We're going to get a match between those two. Will it be, you know, an AEW champion, Daniel Bryan, against an IWGP heavyweight champion, Zack Sabre Jr.? Could it be in AEW? Could it be in New Japan? Could we have a, a series of three where like it's one here, one there, and then the Wrestle Kingdom finish or a joint card finish? Point is... Very excited about that. I also think he's going to win. Here's the current standing, by the way. I did actually read them in standing order, but I'll give you the points. In A block, the great Okan, who is part of uh, the United Empire with Jeff Cobb and Ospreay, uh, he has got four wins, zero losses. He is on eight points. Sabre Jr. has six points with uh, three wins, zero losses. Toriano is on six points. With three wins, uh, one loss, Kenta six points, three wins, one loss. Toriyano, he gets he gets he gets up there with just his his wacky zany antics. Uh, <laughs> we have Shingo Takagi, the champ, on two wins, one loss. Yujiro Takahashi, uh, two wins, two losses. So they're both on four points, same as Kota Ibushi, two wins, two losses. Tangaloa, two points. One win, two losses. Tomohiro two points. One win, three losses. And down on zero points, if you hadn't heard, is Tetsuya Naito uh, with zero wins and nine losses because he, in the first match of the G1, faced Zack Sabre Jr. uh, And he withdrew with a knee injury. So he forfeited... Oh. Yes. Which hopefully uh, leads to something down the line... When Zack Saber Jr. wins over in B block, we have Jeff Cobb with six points, Kazichi Kurikada with six points. Neither of them lost. Evil has four points with one loss, Taichi, four points, one loss, Sonada four points with one loss, and Hiroshi Tanahashi with four points, one loss, Tamatonga with two points, and with zero points, Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, and Chase Owens. Um. I don't know. You know, there's, there's stuff going on. We've had five nights at the G1 so far. The way it works is you only get um, A block fighting on one night or B block fighting on one night, usually. Uh, they, this year, aren't doing any uh, tag matches. It's just like five matches and then maybe an undercard type of match going on. Uh, the first night... Like I said, had that Tetsuya Naito Zack Sabre Jr. match. It also had maybe, maybe my favorite of the tournament so far, Shingo Takagi against Tomohiro Ishii, which was pretty mad. Not going to lie to you, it was really good. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess the talk of that night really is Sabre Jr. beating uh, Tetsuya Naito. The match was really, really good.
0: Um, I'm trying to yes. think about when. Yeah. Is the knee injury injury like legitimate or is it like a storyline one? I think it's legitimate, yeah. Because I know yeah, I don't yeah. think New Japan usually leans on like a person being injured for a story. Really, usually it is—it's actually happened, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, he was able to—he was helped to the back, and he, you know, it wasn't like—I uh, mean, okay, it was a ref stoppage. He tapped out after the fact, right? Um and i mean what was it he finished in an octopus hold which i don't think it was on the leg so maybe he was like stop hurting my leg type thing yeah um or was it an octopus where he was holding the leg as well i don't know i can't remember anyway he sold the knee i think it's a legitimate injury uh which could lead to you know a match i think i think zach saber jr just being like a, a prick that breaks legs and and you know dislocates knees is perfect yeah uh, uh, Shingo Takagi then against Tomohiro Ishii which went, I mean, when you get to the the last matches on a G1, it's like every match you're getting is like a half an hour classic, Uh, and then when you get to like the last nights, it's like every match is like an hour, and it's it can be a bit draining, but you've built up to it, and it's also the way that they stack these round robins the last matches of the night it is the one you want to see, and it's why it's the longest, and it's a bit mad um yeah Takagi Ishii was hard hitting it was uh, rough uh but yeah Takagi got the the dub on that one night two I mean it's Okada versus Tanahashi I don't really need to say more than that so we'll just go to night three (laughs) to be honest there's really like not much more you can say when it's that it's like yeah all right we're gonna get a good match uh, this one probably the biggest story is Shingo Takagi versus Zach Saber Jr. So mm-hmm. we've already had Saber Jr. beat the current champion, disable Naito, and this is only like his second fight of the G1, right? Yeah, I mean, the guys are going places. This is why he's my pick. Uh, you're feel free to make your pick, but you'll probably be wrong. Um, <laughs> we also had Koto Rushi versus Tommy Harry Ishii, it's Ishii it's going to be good. uh but no, Takagi versus Saber Junior was just the best. He also um tapped out, which is, you know, not usually something a champ does, especially in well, I guess I'd say especially in WWE, they don't really bother with that anymore, do they? Reigns wouldn't tap.
0: No. I guess or if it depends he would, on would the like when ref
1: didn't see. Yeah.
0: Yeah, depends on the wrestler and how they're trying to protect them I suppose.
1: Yeah. Um, You had Okada versus Evil on this one, which kind of headlined. I didn't enjoy it that much. I think that the Evil Experiment hasn't worked uh, as this like pseudo leader of Bullet Club.
0: Yeah, I mean, what what like, was it last year? They gave him the uh, Intercontinental and the World, and then in, it was just over in a few months. That I honestly months?
1: think that I think <laughs> that when people look back on it, they probably already have. I'm sure there's a shit ton of YouTube marks going on about it but i think that's probably going to be one of the the this is the day the new japan died type thing right um i think the experiment didn't work too well mm-hmm. uh, gato seems to be really big on evil i like evil i really liked him in uh, los ingornables de japon i don't really like him in bullet club that much because i mean this has is- really happened
0: this is the thing at the moment. A lot of people are kind of thinking New Japan's entering another state of like it's, a bit of a decline a, it's again.
1: It's a bit of a decline. I think, yeah. I think partnership is going to be their strongest thing. It's just it's just like, as much as we've seen these New Japan wrestlers come to AEW and then go to New Japan Strong, I still feel like their allegiance isn't... They're not necessarily with each other in, in the most solid of terms. I mean, there was one of the things that WWE were willing to give to Daniel Bryan is that if you stay with us, we'll let you do Japan, right? Yeah. Which tells me that it's like Japan would have let that happen. And they'd be foolish not to if they were being given to Bryan. But Yeah. but, um, yeah, it does just mean that perhaps with enough money on the way and they just say, all right, we'll give you a talent share for your New Japan Strong. Perhaps, perhaps. We'll see. We'll see what kind of business dealings go on. Um, we now move on to night number five, where we have another cracking Zach Sabre Jr. match against Kota Ibushi. The so this is, I mean, my main my main thesis here is that there have been three nights of um of Sabre Jr. matches so far. First night, he completely disables Naito, previous winner. Uh just knocking him out for the entire tournament. Next night, he beats the sitting, reigning, defending champion Shingetakagi. Third night, he beats the current uh, uh, G one like defendant, right? Kota Ibushi, who won it two times in a row. He's kind of on a little bit of a
0: streak here. I is mean... what I'm saying if he doesn't win it, he's going to be guaranteed to at least be in the final from the sounds of it.
1: Well, I mean, the way, the way that these kind of things work and should work is that you, you tell a story down the line. Cause then you've just got so much ammo, right? Yeah. Where it's like, if he doesn't win, he's beat the champ. He's beat the two people who could potentially be champ. Uh, it's just, it's just what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just what you do. You know what I mean? Um, yeah and and now it's now, and we've still got a fair few nights to go. I think it's good that they're not doing the tag matches. They're just kind of letting these guys rest because it is a like it's the w w e house circuit is still worse with how often these wrestlers have to go night after night after night after night after night. yeah, however, the g one is probably the time when these wrestlers get put on display the most, right? Where it's yeah. just like Every every other day, you you've got a tag match, and then you've got a a one on one, half an hour long, absolutely brutal match. I think people are absolutely gagging for their Toriyano match, where he's just like he just like tapes you up in the corner and then like throws a DVD at you, and you're like, <laughs> and it's only five minutes. And you're like, oh thank God, I can just go rest.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, here's the thing: really, no one's going to deny that the WWE house show circuit is brutal, but at least at house shows they're they're just given freedom to do what the fuck they want. So if there's one night where a wrestler's like, you know what, I, we, let's just go out there and do some really silly shit, they'll they'll do it. Whereas oh, with this yeah. tournament, it's generally night after night with the style of wrestling that New Japan is going to be brutal. Like it's a it's a month long, effectively, of doing the most brutal, hard hitting matches and. It, it amazes me how a lot of them just can go for that entire month and still deliver night after night with it.
1: Yeah, I the worst show I went to was a, a WWE house show. I still had a good time, but not because yeah. the show was great. I went to see Rusev, Miro now, uh, and Rusev was at the time with Lana, and he supposedly had a match with R-Truth. I like R-Truth. I think he's actually a very underrated wrestler as well. Especially, you know, former NWA uh, World's Heavyweight Champion. Very good. Now, the bell rings. And they have a (laughs) dance-off. And then Rusev leaves and I... And that was the match. Uh. (laughs) Ah. From what I remember, that was it. I, just, I still don't know why the bell rang. <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, no, it was either it was either that the bell rang, or it never rang, and then someone got a roll up pin. I think it might have been the latter, where there was no bell ringing and whatever. I I'm going to go on a tiny bit of a tangent now. One of the reasons I love tag team wrestling, which I bring up every fucking week, is that the rules around tag team wrestling is that you have these guidelines and things that create a, a good match. One of the best things in wrestling are the rules, right? And these parameters that you have to do. If you don't have rules, then it's shit, fuck you. Yeah. Um, they had a DQ match on Raw, or or Extreme Rules, I forget. Now, WWE, for the longest time, haven't known how the rules fucking work. Now, a rope break in a in a in in a DQ match. Do you know how a rope break works in a DQ match fully? It's like I I don't blame a, a, a viewer to not understand how it yeah. works. What I blame is WWE, right? And, well, I and thought you couldn't
0: confused. get rope breaks in a no DQ. So technically,
1: so you can't technically break a hold in a DQ. However, if you're holding the ropes and you tap or whatever, or you, you can't, the way uh, a rope break works in a in a DQ, no DQ, is that you can't get a fall when they're in the ropes, right? So you can't pin someone with the ropes, you can't tap someone out when they're in the ropes, but there is no rope break, and yet they still fucking call it and it's just the fucking <laughs> worst. Now you can get a fall in a no DQ match when it's a falls count anywhere in the ropes because it's the falls count anywhere, so it doesn't matter if they're touching the ropes. But a no DQ match is not a full count anywhere match. Fuck you. Fuck your fucking company. You don't know the fucking rules to your own fucking shit that you fucking do. I'm so sick of it. I I'm mean, just sick of it, man.
0: I, I think I think they just hear, heard the term rope break and then went, you know what? Let's actually break the rope and let's actually ruin, do it and ruin and, and get, ruin and,
1: a, a, an all right main event.
0: Yeah, and make make one of our top guys be in a feud with God.
1: I, you know, what that's what they're is, doing. Can, yeah, you know, the only way it can fix for me is if, if, is if, is if the demon does have a feud with God. But, but is it is flawless? flawless? It is not flawless, Will. It is not flawless. Ah, <laughs> uh, flawless, yeah. But now we've talked about a, uh, we've talked about G1 past. You talked about G1 present. Let's talk about G1 future. All right. My personal prediction is that Zack Sabre Jr. is winning this tournament. I think he's going to go against um, probably the final will be Okada, I would assume. There's a bit of a story just- there, a bit of a history between the two. That just makes sense to me.
0: Plus, again, um, if, if you're building up – I mean, if if this was as year to win it um, and he's already beaten the champ, the current champion, he's beaten the last two-time winner, and he's beaten Naito, what better final boss to him winning is there than Carter Yep,
1: completely agree. Uh, I see that happening. After that happens, we'll see. But next G1, Daniel Bryan better be in it. That's it. That, that's, that's what I want. I would hope Daniel Bryan's back in it. One of the biggest stories in wrestling, I think, uh, and one of the best ways to get non-watchers in is a story like The Golden Lovers. Do yeah. I think by next year that will be back on? I don't think... It's not done by any means. Those no. two are masters of the craft and they're ready. Uh, well, I think, and they're ready, but they will be putting it back on. Will it come back by next year?
0: and be told in the G1. Who knows? I think Kenny did come out recently and say that he's basically looking to do that final chapter with Kota. So it will be happening. It's just a question of when. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be,
1: I do think it could be by the G1 time next year, right? Where if he loses to someone like hangman goes on a downward spiral, falls out with the elite, right? And then you just leave Adam Cole in charge. Um, and that works just fine. Yeah. You could basically do what you did with the Bullet Club, Bullet Club breakup before, where you know he he and Kota you know meet up again or whatever. Maybe he goes AWOL and has to try and redeem himself, and does it very brutally and evilly in the G1. They're not in the same bracket, not in the same block, and then they finally meet in the final you know just have them have them go at, uh at each other and have a bushi win by kicking out of the one-winged angel again the only person to ever do it i believe
0: yeah unless they're going to be setting up for hangman to be the second when he wins the belt if we all go on that route
1: i think hangman could beat kenny and still lead to that happening Mm-hmm. Um. I don't really know. I don't really know where it's going to go and I do like that. I like that Hangman's off with his kid
0: as well. It in a breathing room. Do you think maybe now cuz I mean this, this is the, this is the this is such the bizarre thing. I don't think Hangman's been off TV really for that long. But the, you think about when he's left and what's all happened since then. Um Yeah, it you, feels like a year. Yeah, right. I mean, do you do you feel like maybe because I remember what we were talking about we didn't think Brian was going to be possibly getting a run with the belt. But then after watching his debut and then that tremendous match last week, I honestly could see them quite easily being like, like Brian being the one to take the belt off Omega. I think it will depend on what the plan is with Omega
1: more than yeah. anything else. I because I can see because the eventual crowning of Hangman could be, could be with a face Daniel Bryan. It really, it really could be both face, ha- like put like handing it the torch if they and they could do that well enough.
0: Because um, I think I think you could you could still do a conclusion to Hangman and the Elite without Omega necessarily having the belt. Like I think as long as he as long as they have that big final match and oh, Hangman gets the big win over Omega, that's him conquering his demons effectively.
1: I think that's that should be what leads to the downfall of Omega. Like he loses the belt to Brian, loses the triple A belt as well to yeah.
0: probably Andrade. I think that's who they wanted to get. Maybe like
1: to maybe Andrade, maybe one of the, the Lucha brothers, uh someone like that. Um yeah. Yeah, I'd do that. Have Hangman be the downfall though. Have yeah. have like them lose respect for Kenny when he loses to Hangman.
0: Because, I mean, that, that is the perfect way to build it. Like, have it slowly. He's losing everything. And then it's like Hangman comes in, and it's like, if he doesn't beat Hangman, then that's clearly when the elite's right. You used to be able to beat this guy. Like, what's happened? Like, why can't you beat him anymore?
1: Yeah. Well, I think one of the... Anyone who tells you or tries to say that he can't tell a good story or he hasn't got the physicality or anything or whatever, just look at him like, a week before the pay-per-view and then look at him at the pay-per-view right he puts on There's a reason he's the best bout machine there's a reason he gets seven stars he has this it's he's like a god he's like a fighter right he is like a fighter that comes out during a stare down as this cocky shit and then when he goes to fight he, like, gets in a completely different headspace, has a completely different look, attitude, the way he walks down to the ring. The bravado just changes, right? Yeah. Not only that, but, like, when I say physical as well, not just his physicality, he genuinely does, like, like cut, right, for the day, uh, for the big match. Uh, one of my favorite things about his eventual win against Okada was watching... Because uh, uh, he, like, got in the best shape of his life, and he looked amazing. And you'd see like pictures of him in the gym, like with the uh, oxygen masks and like doing all this kind of stuff. And then you look at Okada's Instagram, and it was him with a fish. Like (laughs) (laughs) that was it. It was just like it was just like this guy training up mountains and doing like this amazing shit. And then just Okada with just fish, and it was the best shit. (laughs) It was so good. Um, But he has the best physicality, the best storytelling, right going right now. And I think that he could tell that subtly um by just you know pushing away the bucks when they try and go for help and and just hangman getting the, getting the dub yeah and i'm excited for it and it could all culminate at next year's g1 climax <laughs> or probably the owen heart probably the owen heart cup it's probably I mean, gonna be the owen Hart cup
0: hey i mean any tournament you know that's what we're here for um i mean obviously like uh like next episode, we're gonna obviously be fantasy booking and just throwing out all the wacky ideas. But is there any like other potential names that you legit could see being in next year's one? Next one uh, next year's G one. Like like if we really try to try and think what would be the rational names that could go there that Tony Khan would allow. I think I think Brian will be assert. I think part of his deal that he's probably struck with AEW is that Tony would be like, Yeah, we'll we'll try and make sure you get a go to New Japan for a little bit. I think, I think from what I've heard that it will be happening, it's just Brian is very committed to making sure he's established himself in AEW first, like that you should put the work in there, and then he'll go off and do what he kind of wants to. Yep. I think the
1: way that the G1 is, while it has great characters, and one of the better things about the G1 and New Japan is they it's like football, where after the match they go backstage to a big wall with you know the the tv logos on it is a beer or whatever on the table and they do just like they just cut a promo off the cuff right and all the english wrestlers and, and american wrestlers just fucking swear up a storm because it's japan and it doesn't matter yeah um, <laughs> however even with that i think the g1 is the time for daniel bryan's over people like CM Punk. If I want to see CM Punk in Japan, I want to see him. I think I've said I might have wanted him in the G one, but thinking about it now that he's back and really realizing why I love it, I would like to see him go to New Japan like Jericho kind of went to New Japan. One off. Yeah. Doing these like big marquee show matches against someone someone big that could, you know, kind of that could tell an, an all right
0: story with him. Um because I think i I think I agree with you because I think the thing is with Punk in something like the G1. I said it in my random thoughts this week, like they hit only a second match back, he already looks like he's back to where he was seven years ago. You know what I mean? Sure. Like that, the ring look like it gone. I just don't see him being able to really go through with like a month long tournament in the style of the G1. Like that's no disrespect to his work rate. I think Brian is a lot more conditioned for it.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't think the matches would be bad. They just wouldn't yeah. be. They're just not. They're not conducive to what he is as a as a as a performer. The reason he's my favorite of all time is not because of how good he is in the ring. It's not because, because the he, GTS is an amazing move to hit. It's because
0: he's a storyteller. His story, his, his story yeah, sure. He he does better when you you can just give him one match and be like, build a story around that. Yeah. Whereas if if someone like him or Brian's going at the G one. The only story that's there is like, oh, it's AEW guys in the G1. You can't really build much in the way of storylines around that because they're probably only going to just be there for the G1. Whereas, you know, like you were saying, if you give him like a Jericho type run, give him, make him have a run in on someone like, I don't know, like a Naito and then build the story up to a match at Wrestle Kingdom. Like that's where he would thrive more.
1: Sure, sure. I 100% agree with that. But going back to the who would I like to see actually in the G1, it's a, it's a Brian type. Brian is the main. However, I wouldn't mind, I don't I mean, I, I wouldn't mind someone like Adam Cole. Absolutely. I wouldn't mind, it's actually quite difficult when you try and think of anyone as good as Brian going. Yeah. I think you
0: know. Br- uh, Malachi Black. I think yeah. I think yeah, again, I mean, given that he, he is also someone who's very much of a storyteller, but then at the same time, if you wanted if he didn't have anything going on right about the time last year, just have him go in that just as the fighter he can be. And you could sure. always get some good stuff sure. out of it.
1: Sure. Black, um you could even send Andrade back as like Sombra, maybe even have him do a, do some stuff with L I J. Um, pack. Pack would be Pac. good. Yeah, pack would be really good. Ooh, get get that Will Ospreay rematch. I would really like to see that. I would yeah. really like to see that. Yeah. <clears throat> God, yeah. There's too many good names, but I again worry that next year is not going to be very well stacked. Like this year, I don't know. New Japan's in a little bit of a, well, a bit of a wacky, wacky time right now.
0: You mu- you know, it must be going through a bit trouble. When didn't even Kevin Kelly come out recently and say that he kind of agrees? There's not a lot happening out there at the moment.
1: Kinda, kinda, maybe. So here
0: and yeah. I think
1: so. I can't remember the exact wording, but yeah, it's um, it's a bit rough. Fingers crossed. I mean,
0: I mean, well, here's the thing about New Japan, what it's been going since the 70s. Like next to WWE, it's got to be one of the longest running wrestling companies. But as history of tell us, yeah, maybe it might go through a dip, but then it will always kind of come right back up again. I think the last decade certainly helped really cement it as like the legacy that it was. And I think it's just it's just every wrestling company will go through a dip. Like AW, if it makes it for the long one, will eventually have points where it is on a bit of a decline. But that's the mark of a good wrestling company, they'll always kind of pull it back up again.
1: Yeah, well I'm I'm really hoping that that pull-up happens, at least for the G1 next year. <laughs> uh, I mean, the G1 is still fine this year, it's still some great wrestlers. I just hope it's booked well. I mean, Saber Jr. on three points, I'm oh, sorry, on three wins, six points. Yeah. I see, I think Saber Jr. will lose to one person, it'll probably be like Great O'Khan, but then Great O'Khan will lose to like I don't know.
0: I didn't even Floriano. realize they were building Great Okan up so much because, like, from the matches I've seen, he's not. I just wouldn't think that's the guy they would want to strap a rocket to.
1: <laughs> they're just kind of using him as like, even though they've got Jeff Cobb in the stable, Great Okan is of the muscle. Uh, okay, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're both right now. They're both at the top of their blocks, right? Jeff Cobb is on six points, next to Okada. Okan's on eight points because he's had, like, one more match. Um, Well, has he had one more match? I guess he's just got that extra point because of the no match with um, Naito. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Fingers crossed. I'd like Tamatonga to get a lot of points as well. He's already lost two matches, but I I already like Tamatonga. I like Tangaloa as well. I like wrestlers. I like wrestling, Greg. We just... just...
0: Just bloody love wrestling, don't we?
1: Well, love is a strong word these days. Sometimes, on Wednesdays I do, uh, and parts of Fridays. Hey man, I mean, you find you I find used to love, love Tuesdays. To <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but you've 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 bron you've bron broken me.
0: I mean, okay, well, I mean. Because maybe, I don't know why we'll bring it up, like, quickly as a side note, what what are your overall thoughts of the NXT 2.0 other than that little head drop you just did?
1: (laughs) I like new talent. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of new talent. They are going for a lot of these new talents as uh, sort of homegrown. I think that there at the moment, for me, I'm seeing too much of the normal WWE shit. Yeah bron breaker being called bron breaker instead of rex steiner is one of the most ridiculous things i mean have you seen <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, nxt on instagram released a, uh guess who which superstars these are and then they, they put like a bunch of little uh, videos of their backs and then the pimpliest fucking back you've ever seen pops up <laughs> and it's like oh, that's a steiner okay <laughs> all right um it's just like, you can tell it's a Steiner by his back. Just call him a fucking Steiner. Yeah. Uh... You know you know
0: what's really confusing about this Braun Brecker Steiner thing is that I think commentary have been told they're not allowed to say that that's Rick Steiner's son. And then on top of that, Vince has apparently said he'd be open to Scott coming back. So is it going to be like a frigging Natalia Hart scenario where she comes out with Brett rather than a dad? So Braun's going to come out with his uncle rather than his actual dad. I think it's, I genuinely it's think it's really that, weird.
1: I think that Vince just gets blindsided by a lot of this thing and just thinks that that um Scott is the big name so we can must do him instead yeah it's and it's so strange it's so strange
0: yeah I mean, but I mean Rick I mean I fair enough, Scott is the bigger name but I mean Rick Rick was hardly, eh, was hardly no I I, you know, I agree.
1: Trust me, I agree.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, but I...
1: <laughs> but I I'm sure probably one of his favorite promos of all time is the you know 33 and three thirds chance of of fucking you know you know the you know the shit. The thing is they'll have Bron Breaker do all of the Scott Steiner lines, and just <laughs> they'll, he will come out and do a math promo.
0: Yeah. And then Vince will give him a school teacher gimmick. You... Oh, oh. <laughs> worked work, It's worked well in the past. Hello, Dean Douglas.
1: <laughs> Do you remember when um, AEW did a librarian gimmick, and
0: then they were just like, "Oh, actually, never mind." <laughs> I think I think that one was with a bit of a wink and a nod. Wasn't that just like a? It bench? was wasn't it yeah it was a, i think i think it was a
1: bet and they did give it to um uh what's what's he, he's a pretty pretty peter avalon right and also to avalon? um what's her name
0: i know what you mean she got the blue hair Lara? i, I th- can't
1: remember I, th-
0: her name. I, I think the reason they both did it it was like a bet between the two of them to see who could actually make it Get work. It yeah sure. And to be fair, in those early ones, the crowd were, were doing the shush along with them, but it was clear it was never going to be something that would last their careers. Cause like how could you make that have longevity?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's I think that just tells you what you want to know though, is is the AEW so far, when something hasn't worked, it's been changed, addressed, or Just scrapped altogether. Do you remember Brandy's stable? Yeah. That was scrapped within like two weeks. And then they just continued on and created better stories. Um, and then you've got something like Bron Breaker that's never gonna be changed. You've got so many name changes that just have ruined characters, you've got uh cross looking ridiculous. I think the the problem with WWE is they don't cancel things. I mean, they they just drop things, but they don't. But then, then that just means all of those wrestlers have been dropped. Do you remember Raw Underground that just was <laughs> stopped? Yeah. It stopped. There was no explanation. It just stopped. It yeah. just stopped. It wasn't good, but it just stopped. <laughs> there were think... so many storylines that were just ended and left, and it's such a ridiculous, ridiculous waste it's...
0: of time. Here's the difference between the two. AW will stop something if they're aware it's definitely not working, and they will at least take a bit of ownership. Whereas on WWE side, it will only stop if Vince doesn't think it's working. Yeah. So you you could have something that's completely garbage, god awful. The fans are booing, and Vince could keep that going for months until he suddenly thinks, "Yeah, you know what? I don't like that anymore. Let's not do that anymore." Yeah. That's the way it works, you know, with them. It's Vince's
1: Works is a very (laughs) loose term. I Uh, mean, it it doesn't matter. It's a corporate entity. They get money from their shareholders. It's why they cut talent every April. It's why they'll do it next year. And it's why Brock is doing a Saudi Arabia match. Yeah. Oh, do you know what my favorite, my absolute favorite thing was? is like they they brought out did you watch the 9 11 documentary i did Uh, it was it was what was it raw smackdown or raw on the 13th smackdown it was smackdown smackdown on the 13th right yeah and i watched that and i was like i was like you know what very good obviously this is very it's still got a hand of wwe like look at how you know much of a difference we make and whatever yeah that came out and then they announced they're doing saudi arabia okay and then there was the four-way women's match that was cancelled on the SmackDown of 9-11, and they didn't let Zelina Vega go out, whose dad died in the towers. I just, it's... I, I, I can't even... I Talk just... about
0: having something that was gif-wrapped for them to be like, you know, big, powerful moment. And then they just went,
1: nah. Well, you, you, aside, nah. aside from the fact that it, it, it's it's like a nice gesture and a nice thing to do, it's also a women's match that just fucked off with yeah, uh, right. some tremendously <laughs> some tremendously like good women in it, and it's like just.
0: I wonder how long Selena's going to be counting down the days till her contract ends, or she gets released again, just so she can go be with a. she was released and then she was was brought (laughs) she was brought back within like three weeks right something ridiculous i I mean from what i from what i've heard from podcasts and stuff it seems like she was literally just going back there because alistair was still there or malachi and then literally i guess as soon as she signed the paperwork he was like oh yeah i'm getting let go now
1: (laughs) yeah well he i mean there's a whole contract mix up with him as well yeah. Where he like actually didn't have six months on it or some ri- something ridiculous? What a shit show! Like, come on. <laughs> the, I mean, writers, that... the writers don't know the WWE champion's name, and the fucking lawyers can't even write a contract. C- it... Just come on! <laughs> it's just it's falling apart. I just, just don't just... understand how how it, it's it's a testament to how. Corporate America doesn't work. In that, the WWE have made money. Yeah, that is right. just a testament to how capitalism doesn't work.
0: Uh, well there you go. I mean, just, I mean, just let them sell it off. Like, give it to Disney. Can't be any worse, right?
1: I just watched. I just watched. Uh, th- yeah, I watched like three things on Disney today. I watched What If. I watched Why the Last Man. And I watched Free Guy. Uh, and I and I would love to round that up with some Bron Breaker.
0: I mean, okay, when, when you when you put it like that, I mean, but like think of it this way: imagine you could go from watching The Simpsons to Aladdin to then watching a classic NXT match. See, okay, well, classic NXT match is good. What
1: the way I <laughs> see it in my head is just like I, I have to I, I rinse out SmackDown with some Simpsons.
0: Yeah, okay, if you're watching the current stuff, but then. I don't know. I just, find, I just think it'd be the coolest and funniest thing if you could, like, have, um, again, you're watching something like Toy Story, and then it's like, you know what? I want to go back and watch some vintage 90s ECW. Yeah. All right. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Just be, it's, somewhat, all, it's somewhat, all in one right. place. It'd be like, it'd be ridiculous. I think you only need one subscription, man.
1: Well, the problem with the subscription right now is that the only reason I have it is because we do this fucking podcast. <laughs>
0: Oh honestly, like we we I we posted on Twitter the other day, legit, like I like you because I can't remember what you posted about, but I was like we sabbatical from WWE question mark. Oh uh, I think I think it, <laughs> it, was, it was cross and ricochet on yeah. that
1: event and it was like I can't do this anymore, man. I can't do this. We should we should, really just
0: le- we should just legit just like because they're not here, just let let Jason Scott be the WWE correspondents and we'll just do, do the other stuff. It's why we need, why
1: we need Z on. Like, <laughs> he'll watch it. Yeah. He likes it. Um, how, about, how, well, how about this? We'll have
0: Z. Stuff. We'll just have a new segment uh, where it's just Z at a news desk running through the WWE news for us really quickly. I like that. Yeah. Then right?
1: then, then it will be <laughs> a podcast of positivity.
0: <laughs>
1: That's what we're all about. Right. Well, uh, I think that rounds us up pretty well. Yeah. Does it round us up positively in the end? no but a positive note is uh the british zach saber jr is most likely going to win the g1 climax i'm i'll eat those words in like a month but fuck he's just so good he the daniel bryan award winner zach saber jr will eventually face daniel bryan will he do it with the iwgp world heavyweight championship we'll find out
0: we will indeed um The British are coming. The British are coming. Um, Well, yep. if we want to run through the, run through the plugs real quick. I will.
1: We have been the Bear Hug Club podcast, and you can find the Bear Hug Club podcast at that on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find us on Instagram at Bear Hug Club pod or Bear Hug Club on Twitter. I mean, you're watching us on Twitch right now, so you know which one that is. Uh, I have been Garrett. He has been Greg. And this has been the G1 climax. Thank you very much. Oh, and buy, also, buy the t-shirt. I buy have a shirt. shirt. Buy the t shirt. And also <laughs> you can find us at the bearhug forward slash bear clouds for all the uh wrestling musings matches you need to see and whatnot. I think we should get a few more matches you need to see down uh later later these few weeks.
0: Definitely try on it. Um I, I, as always, if people have suggestions. Let us know. We'll try and get to them for sure. Um, we'll
1: Nick been... Nick <laughs> I don't know if you're a bot, all right? Because I've googled you and you've made, I think I counted about twenty five different random wrestling podcasts review. SummerSlam '97, or or like you know, just a random podcast. Just do a random pay per view, and I don't think you watch them or care. Okay, This is me, Nick. If you do listen to the podcast, or if you just search via podcasts, Nick, on Facebook, with two accounts that doesn't reply to me after you request the pay-per-view, if you're listening, request the pay-per-view and let me know that you heard this, and then we'll actually do it, because we're not going to fucking do it if you don't reply to me, Nick Opelouski, from... I'm not going to dox you because I found your Facebook, so I'm not going to dox you. <laughs> That's not the type of uh, podcast that we are. We're a lovely Wednesday night poor podcast.
0: We are indeed. Uh, we're off again next week, but then when we come back, we're going to be carrying on with the G1 Climax talk by uh, basically going crazy, fantasy booking, our own G1. So until then, take care, everyone, and job. <laughs> Just a smash cut to me in two
1: weeks, depressed because Saber Jr. can't win. <laughs> I know it's coming, though. I just... Bollocks. Right, bye, everyone. Bye. (laughs)